What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. It's your boy Scott here, back with another fantastic episode. So this week, two guests, two guests, two of my favorite hip-hop artists in the whole world, a uh, couple friends of mine, actually, I, I, and out of all the inter- people that I've interviewed, I've actually met and hung out with both of them, so it's super cool. A couple Oregon natives, uh, one of them recently expatriated to Tennessee, ironically, just a synchronicity, like kind of the same region that I'm going to end up going to. So anyway, uh, we got Rhyme Wave. Rhyme Wave Hip Hop on Instagram. You've, you've seen him on the Truthzilla show. Uh, he was up at Manifest. For all of you that were up hanging out with us at the Manifest uh, Freedom Festival. Man, uh, just high level, best rhymes, truth, enlightenment. Uh, can't say enough positive things about it. And in fact, he's the guy that does the theme song. So this song that you just got finished listening to, that's called Now Arise by Rhyme Wave. So you can go check him out. He's on Bandcamp. All the links are in the show. So please go check out and support Rhyme Wave. He's got just an awesome collection of music. Can't say enough positive things about it. And then also Testimona. Tess, friend of mine that I've known forever, but wasn't until recently that I realized that like she's like super red-pilled, dude. Super red-pilled. So I was like, dude, this is so badass. So I was like, hey, let's just bring you guys both on. We'll just have like this creative music throwdown here on the show. So I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Um, it's, it goes all over the place. You know, we got ups and downs. It's just like a very harrowing conversation. So I hope you guys like it. So if you do like the show, um, you can head over to rebunk.news. Rebunk.news is the website that shows you all the video platforms, all the audio platforms. And at the bottom of the page, there's a, a way to do some value for value donations if you want to help support the show. Um, Another way that you can support the show is by joining the Subscribestar, subscribestar.com forward slash rebunked. Uh, I've got uh, exclusive drops on there, you know, just like 20, 30 minute rants. So if you can't get enough of the show, you can go get the premium content on Subscribestar. Uh, and then the sponsors of the show are Truth TRS. Uh, TRS is a heavy metal detox spray. Um, you just spray it in the mouth, five sprays a day. And then it just goes in and absorbs all the heavy metals that have accumulated in your body and flushes them out. Um, they also have a uh, advanced CBD formula and an advanced fulvic micronutrient formula. So it's awesome stuff, guys. And if you want to learn more, you go to truthtrs.com. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with the show, head over to telegram, t.me forward slash rebunked pod. Uh, that's the best way, that's the best social media to keep up to date on everything. Um, Instagram, don't even bother. I get like two likes on all the posts. It's just ridiculous. And then, uh, of course, you guys, just uh, if you like the show, just share it. Give it a five-star review on like Spotify, iTunes. Um, you know, let, let your friends know there's a new show in town and we're just kicking ass. And then, of course, uh, so if all of you that are uh, watching on Band.Video, on InfoWars, please make sure you support that platform by going to InfoWarsStore.com. And, uh, yeah. You guys, awesome episode, so hope you enjoy. Here is Testimona and Rhyme Wave. Bam. Back with another banger tonight, so we got two guests this evening. This is the first show I've done on this new show with two guests, so I'm excited about this. So we have a returning guest, Rhyme Wave, from the embattled city of Portland, just up the road here, and then my friend Testimona, who uh, is an Oregon uh, expatriate, uh, who is now recently also wound up in Tennessee, which is so trippy. Like, we'll get into it, but like, you know, like, yeah, 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 so... We kind of got reconnected in a couple different ways. Like, first of all, Tess, like, I didn't even, well, hold on. Let, before we get into all that, why don't you guys, why don't you guys introduce yourselves a little bit? So let's start with Tess, because you're new to the show. So why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background about yourself and uh, what Testimony is all about? 
All right. So my name is Tess. I go by Tess Demona. I'm a singer, songwriter. I make alternative hip hop, blues, R&B. I'm also a writer and a current event slash shit show commentator. I have my own publication for that called The Great Silencing. Um, Testimona and The Great Silencing are both on Instagram and they both have their own Telegram channels as well. And then I have a blog for The Great Silencing because I kept getting censored everywhere. Uh, so I got my own website and that's just testimona.com slash blog if you want to read that. But Telegram is definitely... It's always a sure shot. That's where I usually dump all the documents. So it's a good place to find it. Awesome. Excellent. Well, welcome. So, uh, Rhyme Wave, what's up, buddy? How you doing? What's going on? I'm doing good, man. I, I literally just walked in the door, so I'm, I'm glad I got here on time. Uh, but yeah, Perfect. I'm I'm Casey. My music name's Rhyme Wave. I am a hip-hop artist. I, I write rhymes. I make beats. I actually did the theme song for this show. Yes. Uh, so pretty, pretty stoked on that. But yeah, I'm based right outside of Portland, Oregon, uh, originally from the Midwest. I met uh, Scott uh, last summer out at a little freedom festival. And uh, yeah, I was on Truthzilla back when that was going on. And uh, yeah, just trying to kind of connect with with like minded people here on, on these podcasts. Um, there's not a whole lot of artists that are really standing up against the the scamdemic and all the bullshit that we've been facing, um, not just the artistic community, but, but everyone in general. So, uh, this has been a good outlet to kind of voice some of my opinions and to, uh, you know, hopefully connect with some people that will, will be into the music and, and have some great conversations. Awesome, man. That's fantastic. So, uh, gosh, I don't even know where to start. So what I was starting to say beforehand was that, so as the listeners know, like I'm making my big move out to Tennessee, like I'm, I'm abandoning ship here. I'm done mm-hmm. with Oregon. And, uh, I reconnected with Tess and I've known Tess for years. Like we're from the same town here. And, uh, you know, we, 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 uh, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but like, uh, you know, so I mean, you're pretty open about it. I'm pretty open about yeah, it. Like I'm in recovery, you, you know what I mean? Like all, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. So, so, you know, we ran in those circles for a while and then you escaped to the actual Babylon, like, like the center mm-hmm. of Babylon, dude. Like you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. You're talking about when I moved to LA. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I moved to LA uh, for music and I was there for just a few months until the lockdown happened. And then, you know, COVID hit and as he referred to it as pandemic and, That was like, I don't even know where I would start. It was fucking crazy, especially where I was living. I was in central Hollywood and then I was in East in little Armenia for a minute, but I was just in the shit. So like when all the riots and all the crazy shit was going down, that was literally like right outside my window. There was like a time over that summer where you could just hear flash grenades. Like you prune it out. It was just like nonstop chaos in the streets um it was interesting it taught me a lot about human behavior and what people are capable of when they're scared because um there were there was some shit that i saw and some shit that went down like even where i lived at that i don't know how much i should get into it on here but um definitely ranging from uh, suicide attempts overdoses deaths murders um robberies just i mean it was just really hard on on every I mean, everybody it just everyone went crazy and i kind of i kind of lost a little bit too you know i actually uh wound up in a self-defense situation 
And a reason why I chose to move to Tennessee uh, instead of back to California is because they have better self-defense laws. Because for what I did in California, I went to jail and was charged with a felony for it. Uh, but Jesus. out here, it's not even a crime. So it was so my, my uh, like early pandemic days or whatever living in Hollywood were very eventful. <laughs> I would say that much. But yeah, it was it was wow. fucking crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. That 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 is intense, mm-hmm. man. So how how long were you there? Like, when did you end up coming back? Um, I got there into at the end of 2019, and I left. I was there for about 18 months. I left like at the very end of 2020. Um, 2021 was when like I was officially back in Oregon, like had an Oregon address and everything, because there was a little bit of back and forth. Um, I, cause I didn't know really like what I was doing. Like I, I didn't even plan on coming back up to Oregon until two days before I did. And that was yeah. just because like in the particular neighborhood I was living in, things were getting really heated up. Like there was a lot of shootings. I personally didn't have a gun. I had just gotten out of jail and I was like, you know, a little worried about going back. Um, if, if I had to. And, uh, there was just a lot at play. There was no, really not really a whole lot of ways to make money. Everything was closed and everything's crazy expensive there. So I'm like, why the, you know, what the fuck am I doing? So I'm like, I, you know, I should probably step back for a minute. Cause like, this doesn't make sense on a lot of levels. And it's just, it had just gotten so intense in the area that I lived in and I didn't have money to, you know, move somewhere else and not in LA. So I just dipped back up to Oregon because I, I just had a feeling I was like something this isn't going to go well. So that's that's what happened. And then I stayed in Oregon for about another 18 months. Um, a lot happened up there for sure, but definitely was not a fan of that environment either. And so I finally made it out out east. Cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry I had to go through all that. I think the last couple of years have been just impossible for all of us, man. It's just been insane, you know, especially in recovery, especially having to deal with. Yeah. 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 It's just been nuts, man. So I'm glad, I'm glad you uh, made your escape and uh, yeah. So, well, Casey, dude, tell us a little bit. Of what's, what's new with you, man? Anything? I've honestly, man, I've just been working on music a lot recently. Um, <clears throat> I've been picking up some side work. Uh, I started realizing that this this new part of my life where I'm I'm pursuing my music full time is uh, not really paying the bills quite yet. So uh, I've been you know picking up some side work a few days a week, and yeah, just been trying to crank out some tunes, play some shows. Um, things have been really good in that in that area been playing pretty much you know three four or five shows a month so pretty much every weekend got something going on some weekends got a couple shows um i'm living up an hour north of portland now so that's been really nice i'm up in the woods we got a big property right on the river um haven't you know had to wear a mask once living up here uh it's definitely more kind of like rural vibes uh which is really nice for you know the place that you live uh and also still close enough to the city that i can jet down there and go to events and play shows and stuff so yeah really just been just been kind of hunkering down and and working on the tunes is the first time in my life that i i haven't had a full-time job um or first time in my adult life so really just been enjoying that trying to you know, have, have good discipline and, and, uh, you know, actually get some good work done and, and not just, you know, slack off now that I got all this free time, 
but um yeah that's that's pretty much what's new with me man things are coming back to life uh in in portland everyone's taking their masks off um so that's really fucking exciting i i think when they went through the mandates it was kind of hard to tell how people would react um you know whether or not people would continue to to virtue signal with with their masks um or if they're just so comfortable wearing them that they wouldn't want to take them off and i've i've actually been man by uh some of the events that i've been to recently um you know a handful of people still wearing them but pretty much complete 180 from where we were a month ago um definitely from the last time that we talked so there are still some music venues doing the vaccine mandates but it seems like that's uh that's becoming less and less and places are, are stopping to do that is stopping that as well so try not to get too excited but it's it's hard not to when we've been dealing with this shit for so long and um now you know things are coming back to life people are going back out and uh you know i, I do notice some of the like the medical freeman movements or medical freedom movements like dying down a little bit there you know not as many people showing up for the rallies i played a rally a couple weeks back and there's hardly anyone there so um hopefully we can you know maintain some momentum in that area and continue um you know making sure that if if they do try to push another lockdown or bring these mandates back that um there's more of a resistance than there was last time but uh, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much what's new with me. And uh, yeah, super stoked to be here chatting with you guys today. Right on, man. Yeah, that's definitely something I was curious about is like, what's what's the temperature out there? Like, are they actually opening back up? So that's cool. Like, you're performing pretty often then. I mean, that's incredible. Man. <laughs> yeah, still mostly like kind of underground type of events, like, you know, art collectives and mm-hmm. warehouses and stuff. But I, I've had a couple of shows at like actual venues and um definitely going to be working on that more and more as, uh, as we get into summer here, I, I played a new venue in Vancouver, which is just across the river from Portland. That was really good. Uh, great place, good pay. Um, people showed up. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's, I feel like it's kind of a calm, you know, before the next storm, whether that's, uh, another variant or, you know, uh, one of the many other scenarios that I'm sure we all ponder on a daily basis, but, um, trying trying to manifest anything, you know, through that. So, uh, really just, yeah, trying to enjoy this time while we got it and hopefully, hopefully it lasts. And hopefully if they try to bring back, you know, the, the mandates, there's, um, more of a pushback, especially here in Oregon or I guess I'm Washington now, but Washington, Oregon is kind of the same, the same beast when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. I no, I haven't heard any of the quarantine camps here in Oregon as you much, as much as you hear about it up in Washington, but I'm sure they're there. They're probably much more sneaky about it and diabolical about it here in Oregon. So I don't know. Man, yeah, that's cool, man. That's so cool. And and the biggest thing out of all that I heard you say, and I think this is something that we can all probably resonate with, is just the idea of, like, you know, I'm not able to support myself full-time yet. I like that attitude because, like, you know what? Right. We're chasing our dreams, man. Like, I'm doing the show, man. I'm, I'm putting myself out there, doing all these things. You know, Tess, you're out there, like, literally, like, pursuing your dreams. Like, in such, like you're, you're, like, you're the type that's like, okay, so I'm just going to get up and go, and I'm going to go figure this out out there, man. And that's, that's, that's bold, you know, and I think making these bold moves is what is going to serve us in the long run. But also having that patience, that patience to be like, okay, so I'm not there yet, but I know what I need to do to get there. And the perseverance and the consistency – is what, you know, I definitely see out of both of you guys. What are your thoughts on that? Whoever wants to go. 
Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like I got to, this is my, I think it'll officially be a week of me being in Nashville tomorrow. Um, it took me a long time to drive here. It was like nine states over five, a little over five days and two speeding tickets. <laughs> so, oh, um, yeah, yeah, I know. It was like, fuck, dude, it did took a minute. But, um, yeah, so I've been here almost a week and I'm just, I just like, I had no, I had a plan, but like no details. Like people were like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. The first step is getting the fuck out of here. So I just dipped and I'm staying at my girl's house right now. Um, and then I got a job already. I got a job yesterday. So nice. and it actually pays a livable wage. And like, this is something that me and Scott were talking about yesterday, but the housing costs out here are like, it's like 50% of what, I mean, I was seeing in back in Eugene or what I was paying in Eugene. It's, it's insane how much cheaper it is, um, even in Nashville, but the outskirts is even cheaper. So I'm happy about that. So like I got that piece locked in and it's just like a part-time gig. So that way, obviously I have time to pursue music. Um, and like everybody down here is a you know singer, songwriter, rapper, whatever. So um, definitely going to be hitting up the open mics, the writers rounds and, uh, the new employer that I have said that he has tons of musicians that work there and they just accommodate people when they need to go do gigs. So they're pretty chill. So that was a, a good sign for me, but yeah, in my experience, um, one's environment can, can, can really affect a person. So I, I needed, I need to not be in, in my hometown, <laughs> Um, and sometimes it just requires like a leap and then things just kind of figure themselves out. But that's just like what it's every day. I've just been like, okay, what do we need to knock off the list yet? Like today, you know what I mean? And it's just all been falling into place. It's not even been a week yet. So, I mean, no complaints out here. It's been nice. First night there was a tornado that was exciting. <laughs> Easy. See, I don't even know yeah. what that, that's all about. Tornadoes. Phew, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't even know they had them out here. And then it's like, uh, yeah. And then the girl I was with was like, she's like, oh, we'll just get in the bathtub. We don't have like a basement. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. Just get in the bathtub, <laughs> huh? This, is that kind of like getting under your desk? After I don't know. I, I've never been in a thing that had tornadoes or whatever, but like it didn't like hardcore touch down here. Uh, but it did in North Carolina, which is like right next to us. So it, it I guess, picked up worse and passed over. But yeah, the whole all of Nashville and like the surrounding, I think 28 counties were all on a tornado watch like that my whole first night. And I'm like, it's interesting. Cause when I moved to LA, like when I was driving in, there was like a huge earthquake. <laughs> so it's like both, both the times I've moved, there's been some like epic natural event, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it did not rip through the city and that people didn't lose their houses. That's good. Geez. So is that a common occurrence? Like going through the actual city city? Um, what I was told by my friend who's been here for a minute, who's also from, uh, well, she's not born and raised there, but she moved from Portland. Mm. So she's actually also, uh, lived in Oregon as well. That's how we know each other. But she said that in 2020, there was like a big, uh, tornado that did actually go through Nashville and like actually went through the area that we live in right now. And there's a gym up the street. And they have like a piece that got like messed, like, cause every, that whole gym got like flattened when the tornado went through yeah. and I've seen videos of it. And it like, but the one little piece of their old gym didn't like go get flown away, but it's all busted metal. So they have it up at the front and it says 2020, like bent, not broken. And I never knew what that meant. And now I do. And it was cause a tornado tore it apart. So, Damn. 
So I, I don't think it's, it doesn't sound like it's common, but like there's definitely tornado sirens. Like I can see them from outside my window and, uh, you know, they'll go off if, if one comes through, but I don't think it's like super common, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, man. Wow. Well, you know, yeah, you just deal with it. You just deal with it. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd almost rather deal with tornadoes every day than some of the shit that goes on around here. So I'm good. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Casey, so dude, like talking about just like chasing our dreams. Right. And then like, it takes discipline. It takes like, you know, resolve, you know, what, what are some of the things that you tell yourself or like, how do you like meditate on that? Cause it, it's not always easy, man. Like we, we like for me, a lot of it's like, I have to do all this work or this other stuff. And it's like, man, I, my, my time is being wasted doing this, but I know it's like a means towards an end. Like what are some of the stuff that you meditate on when it comes to that sort of stuff? Yeah, that's cool. You asked, man. Cause it's honestly something I've been thinking a lot about. Cause I think it's, it's fairly common to, um, have this imposter syndrome. Uh, oh, yeah. if you guys know what that is, you know, the, the inner judge, that, that, that feeling of, um, you know, doubting yourself in, in these efforts. And I think a lot of that is conditioning, you know, it's, uh, it's like when you're a little kid, not everyone's telling you that you can be an artist. They're basically telling you the opposite. And, and I would consider you an artist, Scott, you know, in, in what you're doing, I think, you know, podcasting is extremely creative and, and really, I guess I'm just referring to any kind of creative endeavor. Um, and you know, getting rid of that voice, you know, getting rid of that judgment that we all have is, is the tricky part. Um, but you know, some things that I, I guess I've realized is that, um, being able to feel like the product that you're putting out is unique and something that people can't get elsewhere is going to boost your confidence in what you're doing. And a lot of it has to do with confidence. And some people are just super confident almost when they shouldn't be uh, a lot of artists, you know, that <laughs> aren't, aren't, aren't that great of artists, you know, are crazy confident, um, which, you know, can sometimes work against you. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you've got a lot of great artists who aren't confident to the point where they never even, you know, try. So I think, you know, first and foremost, just like knowing that you can do it. Like you can do whatever you want within reason. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to probably play in the NBA. Um, but like, there's really not many limits when it comes to creativity. It's, it's really just a formula of practice and persistence. Um, but with that, you know, trying to differentiate what you're doing from other people, that's going to give you more confidence in what you're doing. And it's going to allow you to believe um, that there's some kind of a future for that craft. So it's definitely something that I think a lot about also like, um, you know, the way that you kind of brand your project, the way that you, um, you know, your, your logo, the artwork that you use, how you communicate with people on social media, if you're doing stuff like, you know, Patreon or discord or, um, you know, stuff like that, like trying to make it, different and unique and exciting and something that um not only you would want other people to engage with but something that you would want to engage with um i think that's huge because you could have a really great product but if you don't package that up in the right way uh, a lot of people aren't going to find it and most people nowadays are are only going to give you a very short amount of their time um and you know it definitely helps to to know people, you know, it helps to have certain connections, to have people on your side, to, you know, have, have cheerleaders in, in the form of friends and family, um, and asking people for help. I mean, I, I think that with any kind of creative endeavor, it's, it's really 
not something where you can do a hundred percent of the stuff on your own. Like I, I do know a couple artists who do, you know, all of their visual content and they do all of their, you know, show flyers. And like, like I know people that do a lot, but they still have help. They still have a team, you know, they still have uh, an agent or a manager, you know, or somebody that's helping them book shows. They have, you know, people that are coming out to support their shows. Uh, you know, for me, that looks like, um, working with other artists, you know, particularly visual artists, um, you know, being kind of like crafty in how I, uh, promote things, you know, not just like making boring posts online, but like trying to do something a little bit more strange and weird and different. Um, but yeah, I think those are like some of the big realizations I've had recently is like, you know, you got to have confidence. Your product has to be unique. It has to be packaged in the right way. And don't be afraid to ask other people for help because eventually you're going to need it. And the more time that you have to focus on the actual creative aspect of the craft and the less time that you have to spend on marketing and promo and emails and, you know, all that other super fun stuff that we all love, <laughs> uh, you know, the more that you're going to be able to create some magic. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I would approach that. And also I just wanted to say with the weather thing, uh, it seems like no matter where you live, you're going to have to deal with some, some weather bullshit and maybe it's weather manipulation who knows, mm. but I live in, I lived in Minnesota, brutal cold. I lived in Colorado, crazy snow out here. We got the rain, we got the fires, um, you know, like certain places like Florida seem kind of nice until you, you know, find out what they have to deal with, with the hurricanes. And, um, so yeah, you know, hopefully shit doesn't get too crazy, but I, I feel like they're trying to like they being, you know, the, the, the controllers, I feel like they're trying to push everyone into these, these smart cities. So like anybody that's living in rural areas is probably going to experience some of these extreme weather events in the form of, uh, weather modification, uh, over the next decade. And like I said, I'm not trying to like, whatever manifest some bullshit, but it's, it's happening already. And it's clear to me that, uh, they want people in these smart cities. So whether it's raising gas prices or creating these extreme weather events that literally like scare people away from the more rural places, I think that's probably just something we're going to be dealing with. And I'm sure even the people in the city are not going to be, uh, you know, safe from some of the stuff that's, that is potentially possible with these extreme weather events. Um, and I don't like pollution. I just want to say yeah. that as well. Cause yeah, fuck pollution, oh. but like the weather is definitely being manipulated in, oh, yeah. in uh, ways other than natural, you know, global cycles and cycles of global warming. Yeah. And just to see, like, that's actually a really interesting topic that I am always thinking about. Anytime there's like weird ass weather, I'm like, are they fucking witch? Like, what are they doing? But just from cloud seeding to even just doing like a deep dive into harp and realizing that so many countries in this world, including us, have been studying and formulating weather modification programs and like different types of sonic weaponry and like just the craziest shit since the early 1900s i was able to i I have that in my like some of it in my telegram but i was i was just like like right now china just went public with it they are like about to have their weather modification program be able to cover 5.5 billion i think it was billion or million acres it's the size of india is how big theirs is 
And they literally had um, like some type of like celebration in Beijing where it was a sunny day and to to, to, like show everyone how it worked. They just made it rain on command. So and that was like that was like six months ago when that story came out. So, I mean, they've got their shit, but we've been doing our shit for a long time, too. I mean, even countries like New Zealand have weather modification programs. So it's it's pretty interesting when you dive into like what they've been able to pull off. So, Oh man, it's insane. Absolutely. Like you, you said it, they've been doing this for a hundred years now, like over a hundred years. It's just insane. And then like, this falls under the big category, like kind of what the whole premise of this show is, is like all the stuff that they used to tell us we were crazy for talking about. Now all of a sudden it's rebunked, right? They say it was debunked and now it's like, uh-huh. it's being rebunked, right? Exactly. It's so crazy. And so like, even you got like cases of like the CIA guy, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but literally in front of the Council of Foreign Relations talking about how we're going to use stratospheric aerosol injection, in other words, chemtrails, mm-hmm. to fix the, the, the climate, the so, so-called climate problem. You know what I mean? Like, they're literally just talking. And then, like, Bill Gates and all these guys, man, like, it's their MO, dude. It's crazy. So, yeah, I feel yeah, Bananas. If, if anyone's having a hard time convincing their friends and family that weather modification is real, just show them Frankenskies. Yep. I I made my roommate watch it. I didn't make her. I was like, you need to watch this. Um, she was <laughs> she was you know definitely doubtful. Like you know asking like the typical questions like why you know why would anyone do that? Um, and she didn't even finish the documentary. She got like an hour and a half into it. She's like, I can't watch this anymore. Like I I believe. Um, and so, yeah, people need to check that out if they're having a hard time explaining this because it, it is pretty complex stuff. And um, there isn't a whole lot of like hardcore proof for it other than just like evidence before your eyes. Uh, if you go on Sparrow's Instagram page, Sparrow's Matt, uh, the director of Frankenskies, his clothing company, they just posted something a couple days. It's seven planes flying in a line in Scotland. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. I, That's crazy. It's man. like. Like, oh, shit. Who the I didn't hell is, see that. Like, oh, I'm, gonna, man, I'm writing this down because I have not seen that. So, it's insane. Tess, Tess, you haven't seen Frankenskies? No. Okay, that's got to be on top of your list. So it's a guy named Matt Landman. He lives in Ashland, Oregon. Um, he, you know, he's, he's one of the homies for sure. Like he was at that festival too. And uh, yeah, he, he, he's awesome, man. He's working on part two. But yeah, this movie blows it out of the water. Like literally, like it breaks it all down. Amazing. Perfectly digestible for normies and stuff. And he has an EMF protection clothing company called Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O. And it's a, Ooh, it's a great follow on uh, Instagram too because he's just like relentless dropping <laughs> memes all the time. Okay, question for you guys yeah. too. This it might seem kind of random, but I noticed this as soon as I left Oregon. Is the, is is your guys' phone, is it showing that 5G is always on? Uh, Periodically, yeah. periodically mine does. But I don't know. No, I'm I'm on Wi-Fi calling where I'm living, but I I do watch my phone when I'm driving, and it it shifts between networks. It's it either says uh, 5G, 4G, or LTE. And typically, when I'm in Portland, it always says 5G. But then once I get outside of the city, it'll shift between 4G and LTE. And the way I understand our phones currently work is they just find the closest, most strong connection that that they can have. So it's not going to be trying to connect to a 5g tower unless you're near it. The way 5g works, uh, it's a very short wavelength. That's why they have to have these towers like every quarter mile. Um, so yeah, you shouldn't, if your phone says it all the time, it might just be that you're really close to a tower or it could be something separate with the phone. Um, but 
yeah, I use Wi-Fi calling and and that's you don't even have to have your cell phone network on. You can just use the Wi-Fi, which I honestly don't know if that's much better. Um, I've been trying to be better in general about like turning my phone off at night and stuff like that, turning off my Internet when I'm not using it. Um, but it's tough. You know, it's like you, you want to be available. You want, you know, people to be able to get a hold of you. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I try. I just tell people I'm just like, just don't wear Bluetooth head phones like just because you're just radiating your brain like you're not yeah. going to be able to like leave your phone at home but like there's little there's little things that we can do uh so i don't know that's why detoxing is important right trs cold plunge uh mm-hmm. you know there's there's so many things we can do to to, to detox from uh from all this radiation c60 i've heard works good Heck yeah yeah shout out truth trs.com everybody if you want your head <laughs> detox yeah yeah um, yes, that is something that I need for myself for sure. There you go. They they sponsor the show, so f- shameless plug there. Oh, right? Anyway, nice. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, man, yeah, it's crazy, man. So that that kind of leads me to my next train of thought here. So now, both of you guys. So, well, I guess I was gonna say too, like Tess and I. You know, we've known each other for a while. We kind of reconnect on the fact, like she's like, "Well, I'm going to Tennessee." I'm like, "What the hell? I'm going to Tennessee," and like that was a whole <laughs> synchronistic event, and. uh but then also, I don't know how this came up, but like realize that, dude, like you're totally on the level with all this shit too. And I didn't mm-hmm. even know that. And like you, you said you were kind of like keeping it on the down low here in Eugene. <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, like the thing is, is that I've been like, like I got introduced to Alex Jones when I was like 16. So I like, like, <laughs> like went way, way down. So I was uh, like always looking into stuff like starting at that age. Um, but like once... COVID happened like I like again I I just am so blown away by the human behavior I have observed because that was an issue that I I didn't deal with that in LA at all but um when I moved back up to Eugene like you know people that you might have known for years or loved very much or whatever if they find out that like you're not vaxxed or you know, like you don't support whatever the current thing that everyone's fl- like flipping out about, or, you, or, or just you don't give a shit. You see it for the psyop that it is, whatever. They literally will, and I've seen this happen to other people too. They will disown you. I've mm. seen them oh, wish yeah. death on you for not being vaccinated, calling you plague rats, like all. And I'm like, hmm, this kind of language sounds familiar. Like, did we all forget about the fucking third right? Because like y'all are starting to sound like good Germans. So. It was, it got really intense between that and also having like problems finding employment being uh, not vaccinated as well. So, so I like, I kept it on the download just because, and that's why I started the great silencing was actually that it was kind of an accident, but I got asked to do this writing competition and it was under the guise of nonfiction or under fiction. And it was like, Oh, write Like a doomsday uh, piece that's fiction and I'm like oh I'm just gonna project what I think is gonna fucking happen so I just like wrote the story and like there was like a grand prize of like a couple thousand bucks and I needed the money so I entered and I did not win <laughs> but it was dope though and like people resonated with it and like the ones who know me and like you know are with the sh- you know with the shits and like can see through that they were like we know what you just did and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to turn this into like an actual blog, an actual channel. I have gotten some strikes, but that's what Telegram is for. And that's why I designed my own website is so like, it's, you know, you can't fuck with me there for the moment, but like, you know, I have to be with Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. I've gotten a lot. I've had a lot of censorship wars with all three of them, but, um, 
that's how that started. And I did just kind of have to keep it on the low just because people were so reactive and it was very hard for me to not get really wound up myself. And I'm like, well, I'm out here, like also trying to do music, like still trying to financially bounce back from, you know, the initial hit of the pandemic and like, you know, the not being employed and all that shit. I was doing a lot of music videos when I was out there. So like I had to have the money for that. Um, and then I had a lot of other stuff going on too. So it's like, I had to kind of conserve my energy. Like I couldn't be like, you know, getting into fights with like, you know, a hundred people every day. Like, you know what I mean? So, so I kept it a little on the down low, but I, you know, like leave little things here and there. And like some people would, you know, like private message me and be like, Oh my God, I feel the same way. And I feel like I can't talk about it. And then other people would like, you know, they're, they'd flip out and just unfriend you and just be like, you know, you're dead to me now, basically. And it's like, all right, you know, whatever. But um, when I left to, uh, Oregon and did the whole five day drive, I vlogged the whole thing. And I, I, I just, I did it in my telegram, my music telegram. So it's not the great silence thing, but testimony music for telegram. And I just, I just fucking said everything. I, it can't go on YouTube cause they'll pull it. Cause I said too many words they don't like, but um, I just was like, this is it. And then I also wrote a blog and then I actually published it on Facebook too. And uh, had a few people get upset, but mostly it's like, well, whatever, it's the truth. But, but yeah, that's a hard thing to navigate when it's like, you know, family and your community. And it's like, all right, well, how much time do I want to give to like being in a constant state of like such so much intense rage from people that you just no longer can have an actual conversation with. Like it just doesn't work. And that's, what's so trippy about what's been going on the last few years is I can literally shove actual video footage to prove something or actual data or like, like, look, like this is not something I found on the deep web. This is like, you're seeing it with your own eyes. It's right there. And it's just blank stare. Like, nope, 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 nope. And then it's just name calling, you know, on the other side. And it's like, you, how do you, how do you, how do you have a conversation with someone like that? You can't. Yeah. yeah the, the, the cognitive it, dissonance, it, man. It's just like, whoosh. Did you, like, did yeah, you guys the, know? The hip, hypnosis is too heavy. It's insane. So like, did you guys know that the World Economic Forum just hosted a world government summit last week? Yes. Did you guys hear about yes. this? Yeah. Yes, okay. dude. And, like, and like the first, the first seminar was on the new world order. It was like called the new world order. Like, are we ready for the new world order? Like that's, and like you walk up to a Norman and be like, explain that. They'd be like, oh, you're crazy. Dude. Oh my God. The fact that people still think that that's a conspiracy and it's also been on our dollar bill since I've been alive. <laughs> I mean, it's literally yeah. all the money that we use, you guys. Like, it's fucking right there. But, okay, but, yeah, back, like, 20 years ago or whatever, you were called a conspiracy theorist 100%. You still will be now, but, like, then there's the people that know about it, but they either don't think it's a big deal or they, they get really mad and don't want to hear about it, mm. or they, for some reason, have an idea in their head that they think it's a good thing, which is a whole nother trip. That's a whole nother thing. But Yeah, yeah totally. Go ahead, Casey. Well, uh, well, so yeah, in in relation to that, I've I've definitely noticed, you know, the the term "new world order" being used so much by so many people in power that it's almost like they're not aware of the fact that this is like 
something that we're we're picking up on or else like they wouldn't just be throwing it out there like you'd have to be such a fucking dumbass you know to to reveal your your grand plan in this way and um i can't remember where i heard it but somebody had kind of like a brilliant analysis of that where they were saying that like you know by seeding the collective consciousness with these ideas with these terms even if it is their plan all along by not keeping it completely secret by putting it out there just enough so that, you know, we can point fingers and be like, see, they said it right there. They said it right there. Then that's kind of like confirming in a sense that this is the plan. And even if we don't want it, we're still keeping that in our thoughts and that's making it more likely for it to manifest. So you could think about this also in terms of like, you know, the, uh, the great reset, the, you know, the fourth industrial revolution or whatever. There's a lot of people that they don't support that idea, but they feel like it's inevitable. They're like, well, you know what? I don't want that to be the future, but it's just, it's going to happen. You know, we're, we're headed in that direction. And I think by, by putting this stuff out in the mainstream, just in the right amount, you know, just enough so that we, we can recognize, okay, here are the people they're talking about their plan out in the open. Um, you know, it, it, it's actually creating a scenario in our thinking brain where it becomes more of a possibility versus if they never mention it, then it's like, well, is this true? You know, but, but seeing them mention it, seeing them say it, it, it's like, it confirms whether or not, you know, who knows what the fuck is going on behind the scenes. But I just, I just thought that was a really interesting idea. And it also kind of ties into this idea that, you know, due to some karmic laws, uh, the cabal has to kind of like reveal what they're going to do before they do it. You know, yeah. um, I'm sure we've all heard of this, this mm-hmm. concept, which I find very fascinating, you know, that little clues and, uh, you know, little treasure trails are left to, to kind of like warn us to let us know what's going to happen. Um, but you know, I, I say all that with the, you know, the, the confidence that we are winning in many ways and that, you know, what they're trying to pull is, is not working. And that could be why they're trying to see these ideas into the consciousness more, uh, you know, more strongly and, and to really put it out there um, because they think that that could help create it, even if people don't want it. Um, so I don't know if I'm making any, any sense with, with this idea. It's, it's a little bit abstract, Um, but it's weird. The fact that it's been mentioned so much. Um, and I know that they're not that fucking stupid that they don't know people are going to pick up on that. And like, what is that? Like, why are they saying it so much? I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, what you just said actually was really interesting because they do always like, they always have a way of telling you what they're going to do before they do. Like, whether it's like, I don't know if it's, you know, predictive programming or a form of, or if they get off on it or a form of social conditioning. But what you just said, you're the first person I've ever heard say like that they have to abide by a karmic law by, by dropping that. And that's really interesting. That's something that I'd like to look into. It's not my idea. I won't, I won't claim that one. I just listen to a shit ton of podcasts and then I forget where I heard things. Yeah, I think that's a pretty openly discussed thing. I think kind of it's, it's like, well, on one of the 20, 30 shows that I listen to. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I think it's like partially like what Tess said, like the predictive, predictive programming, like they put it out in popular culture and then you become more mm-hmm. accustomed to that sort of thing or else you can just like, and then once they try to pull it in real life, then you just ascribe that to, oh no, that's just Hollywood. You know what I mean? It's not like actually happening, right? So that it's like, it's kind of normalizing it. You know, what, what would be maybe, 
in a, in a different reality considered like an atrocity or just like a really strong affront to our freedom or something, we just kind of just brush it off because, oh, no, it's just like Hollywood, even if, it, if it's on a subconscious level. But then, like Casey, what you're talking about, I think is very much in, infused into their religious beliefs, like the idea that it's like it's like the idea of free will, you know, like our realm is like driven by free will and the fact that like if you... If you're, if we tell you what we're going to do and then you don't do anything to protect yourself from it, then it's your fault. So I can commit all the atrocities in the world against you, but I sprinkled these clues over here. And if you didn't figure it out, then that's on you. So I'm, it absolves them of all of their evil and wrongdoing, you know, and, and eventually they understand that, you know, eventually there's going to be some higher level that they're going to be having to answer to. And they, they know that. I mean, I know that they know that that's why they're so fearful. That's why they're so hell bent on this life extension and all this like crazy, you know, crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Because they, they know and they believe it. And, and so they have to absolve themselves of all the evil that they're doing by letting us know what they're going to do ahead of time. And that takes all the blame off them. It's kind of like this new concept of, uh, implied consent, which is like one of the most diabolical things I've ever heard of. So this is, uh, this is UNICEF. It's like the UN. I saw this like it's a UNICEF publication, like a UN, like international human rights type organization. And like this whole writing about implied consent. And this is what they're using to justify vaccinating kids against the parent without the parent's permission. Mm -hmm. And what, and, and, you know, they're trying to just like tweak and adjust what the term consent means. Like to me, consent's pretty clear. You know what I mean? Like, like on our side, like, it's just like, I have the right to consent to what goes in and happens to my body, period. You know, and, and all that stuff, you know, like this is, these are basic things, but what they do is they play all this word magic and they try to like adjust the definitions to fit their narrative. So implied consent in the, in the, in the context of like childhood vaccination, and this goes beyond just the COVID vaccine. Basically what it is, is they, they, they send out some sort of letter or post a bulletin somewhere that says, Hey, we're going to be holding a vaccine clinic at the school on this date. And if you allow your kid to show up to school that day, then that is implied consent. So therefore just by you not keeping your kid home that day that therefore uh, insinuates that you consent to having that kid injected. And that's, that's the idea there. It's just like, that's the same thing. You know, it's like when they go to uh, like foreclose on a property or something like that. Uh, like, like instead of like letting you know directly, they'll like publish it in the paper, the local paper. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Mm. And then like, yeah. And then legally that's like them giving you notice. And it's like, dude, I didn't, I, don't, I haven't read the newspaper in 20 years. They're like, well, legally in a court of law, that's, that's enough notice for them to put in order to like seize your property or whatever it is like it's just it's just insane man insane yeah that's that's one thing that yeah that's fucking crazy like do you i know you don't have kids scott do you have kids you i do not no not yet okay i would love to someday yeah Yeah, so neither of us do yeah so i'm like because right now i'm just like well if i had him i would have pulled him out of fucking school i mean there's there's no way um, or I would have moved a lot faster <laughs> off of the West Coast. But, I mean, it's like, it's hard. It's like, where in the world do you go? But this would be such a terrifying time for parents. And some of them are very much awake to what's going on. And it's horrific to them. And then some of them, like, it's just like nothing. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely fucking crazy. But, yeah, the if somebody came up to my kid like that, I mean, I would I, – I, I don't think I'd be here. Like I would be, I would be in prison or I'd be like, it says some other country, but something would happen. 
that's just, it's, it's crazy the way they're going after the kids. Yeah, dude. I know multiple people who like, uh, you know, friends of mine who obviously like have the same beliefs, like similarly, you know, and they're not going to get mm-hmm. their kids injected, but they're in co-parenting situations. And the other parent went behind their backs and got the kids vaccinated, dude. And I'm talking like one of them, it's a, fr- a friend who has like twins and a third kid who are like, like four and seven or five and seven or something like that. And then the other one was like, you know, I think like a freshman in high school, but it's just like, dude, I can't even imagine being in that situation. It's so heartbreaking, man. But they see, but this is like the moral position on all that is on the side of the person who's getting the kids vaccinated, even though that's like a sneaky, devious, like evil thing to do. Like the overall morality is on their side. So they have full justification to do that stuff. In fact, as a parent, if you were to, try to step in and, and interfere with that, then all of a sudden you're this horrible, evil person. Oh my God. <laughs> so I don't know. I think, I think the dust is going to settle. I feel like it already is every day, every day. Like it's just more and more and more of this. Like, I don't know how they're going to be able to push this particular vaccine narrative much longer. Like it just doesn't seem like that's, that's even realistic. They're going to, they're definitely going to have to go in their bag of tricks and pull something else, man. I don't know. Well, they're going to have to, I mean, it could be, that's the thing is there's so many possible fucking scenarios. Like even reading like that, the Rockefeller papers that came out in like 2010 and shit, they only had four scenarios, but I'm like, "Mm, a lot of those are pretty like on point, but we can see other ones developing in real time. So it's kind of like, pick your adventure. Like, are we going to do cyber attacks? Are we having bioweapon lab leaks? Are we doing famine today? Like, what are we doing? I don't fucking know. New variant. What are we doing? But, like, I know in Israel, they're already past their fourth shot, and, like, they'll be on their fifth. And now it's, like, like, I don't watch mainstream media, but I'll still keep an ear to it just to see what they're saying to people, and they're already talking about the fourth. Mm. And so it's, oh, yeah. like, that, and especially, like, in countries like Israel or Europe where you literally need all those shots to participate in society or even go into a grocery store it's like, let's say you have like three shots and they're like, all right, you have to get your fourth or your vaccination status is revoked. So it's like when the fuck, like, I don't foresee it really ending, but I also think that we're going to have stuff come our way. Um, that is not that as well. Like they can't like put the gas on that, but they got to like keep switching because you know, otherwise too many people are going to catch on to that shit. So Mm-hmm. The more distracted and discombobulated I think people can be, you know, that whole like fucking wag the dog thing. Like that's what's what we see going on all the time, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Casey? Yeah. So I, I just thought about uh, I saw somebody post on Instagram the other day, uh, someone I don't really know, but we're connected on there somehow. He was, uh, posted positive COVID test. You know, I was like, oh, damn, people are still getting tested. All right. And then the, the next the next post was was him uh, saying, I, I feel so much better. I'm so thankful for my vaccine. And and I think this is kind of like the epitome of like the idiocracy that that we're just going to have to deal with now mm-hmm. um, is, is you're going to have people that keep getting these shots and keep getting COVID and think that that's totally normal and completely forget about the fact that this product is supposed to protect you or was, you know, told that it was uh, going to protect you from the thing. And, you know, for, for every one of those people, there's somebody who isn't getting the next booster. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of these things, it, it's going to be like, like 
you know, slow and gradual things, mm-hmm. slow and gradual shifts. I mean, we kind of saw it happen with gas. We're, we're kind of seeing it happen with food where it's not like overnight, all of a sudden gas is $20 or overnight, all the shelves are empty. Um, it's, it's going to be a slow thing that that's going to, uh, take some time. And, and ultimately that's the most effective way for them to push some of these agendas through, I think is kind of like the slow burn. And, you know, it's also what we're seeing with like all cause, all cause mortality rising. You guys have probably seen the statistic mm-hmm. that shows, you know, uh, a crazy uptick in, uh, all cause mortality for people ages 25 to 40 that coincides directly with the rollout of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And these are deaths that you can't tie to the vaccine. And people, not only are people not trying to tie them, they don't know somebody dies and, and they're not making that connection. You know, same thing with all these athletes and, you know, particularly with the vaccine, it's, it's like, they don't, they don't need the shot to like, to do the job, you know, they need the shot to, um, you know, produce these predictable effects over time, you know, create more customers to the system, make more money. Um, and you know, to change the definition of what public health is to change the definition of what immunizations are, you know, what vaccines are. And, and I think there's a lot of stuff that's all happening at the same time, you know, many, many different agendas that are, being slowly fulfilled in different directions. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just kind of trying to notice the trends because I kind of realized a, a while back that it's like, it's not just going to be this like sudden thing that all of a sudden you look at the news one day and you know, the thing happened. It's like, no, the, the thing's been happening. Like it's, it's happening right now. Like it's, it's going to keep happening. And, um, and I'm sure a lot of these things will come to pass, you know, and we'll, we'll have these conversations in years and we'll be like, Oh yeah. I remember back when we didn't have a central bank digital currency, man. Yeah. And now we're just like living with it and it's whatever. And I'm not saying that, like hoping that we have that, but I, I think, you know, some of these things will be pushed through and, um, and we'll still be around, you know, we'll still be doing our thing. And, you know, hopefully the, the, you know, um, breakaway economy that, that, that we create, um, and, you know, breakaway medical system, breakaway arts, arts and entertainment community, you know, hopefully these things will be strong enough that it won't matter. Um, cause I, I definitely have kind of taken a position where I'm like boycotting this shit. Like I don't want to be a part of it. I think there's still time to boycott it. I don't think it's inevitable. Um, and, and when other people are ready to, you know, come on over to, to this side, um, we'll be ready for them. You know, like, we'll be like, Oh, Hey, we've been waiting for you. Like we've already got this, this whole thing set up over here. Like we're wondering. So I'm kind of just trying to focus on that and just like, keep building, keep creating, keep, you know, connecting, uh, with, with like-minded people and, um, creating the world that, we know is possible. Um, so that when shit really hits the fan, we're like, no big deal. We've, we've, we've got everything we need. We've got the people, we've got the skills, we've got, you know, the beautiful landscape. Um, so I, I try to take, you know, an optimistic look. That's generally my default because I look into a lot of fucked up shit. So you kind of have to stay optimistic through that. But, um, yeah, I can't remember what your question was, but I think I might've answered it. I think we were just all riffing, man. But uh, that's such a good point, man. Like I, I, we talk about that all the time on the show here. Just the idea of building parallel structures, building the counter economy, the inevitable black market. Mm-hmm. As it as it does collapse, you know we're gonna have these institutions over here 
ready in place, ready to go, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I'm very hopeful for that. You know, I, I was talking to uh, my friends Buffalo and Legs over at the False Reality Check podcast, and they, uh, like, Buffalo was saying how, like, he's a collapsitarian. He's like, okay, let's just bring on the collapse. Let's just do this, dude, because <laughs> only then we'll be able to build this new system. And you know what I mean? Like, I just, I mean, I don't know. In order for ha- to have a great reset, you have to have it all get wiped out one way it or the other. It has to be you know destroyed I mean? first. So yeah. I feel like they are intentionally, deliberately contriving this situation that's going to create some sort of a collapse. You know, financial, whatever, dude. Like all the Russian shit. It's like when you look at it through the lens of like, okay, so you put all these sanctions on Russia and then they just say, well, okay, well then we're just going to go take our ball and go home. And then they switch off the petrodollar and they start trading in different currencies. And it's like... That kind of shoots us in the foot, you know what I mean? It's like the same problem, reaction, solution thing, but it drives towards the overall agenda. It's like the same thing with like, like, like for example, like Donald Trump. It's like, like the best thing for the agenda would be to put a guy in office like Trump, and then you have like Obama and all these guys, you know, Bush, Clinton. They're all like, hey, hey, we're gonna put you in office, but it's okay. We're just gonna rip on you for like four years. You're gonna do all this <laughs> stuff to drive the agenda forward, and it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right, buddy. You're gonna be all right. You know what I mean? It's just like they're creating these orchestrated situations, but no matter what, the overall agenda keeps moving forward, you know? And so it's all just like theater on the forefront, but the agenda still piles on, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are masters of sorry, readjusting here because I'm sitting on something squishy. Um, but yeah, they are masters of the long game. Like, it, like Mussolini, and I don't know if this is a direct, like if this is an original Mussolini quote or if it's just something that he used to say, but he used to always say, you know, how do you pluck a chicken, right? Without it like getting, if it's still alive, right? It's one feather at a time. Mm. So it's like, and if you look how far back these people have been fucking formulating this shit i mean it's it's nuts and i mean this this could potentially be something that's been in the works for generations because a lot of these people that are you know you could call the the cabal the elite these people that really are behind the curtain they've been in power for centuries i mean these families have just continued to go on so I mean, I don't even know how far back, you know, all this shit goes, but, um, it definitely is a long game. And I, I do appreciate the fact that like, we are starting to seek people like recognizing that and building like understanding that like, yo, whatever you like the people that are like, everything's fucked and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, so make sure you vote. It's like, okay. We're still not that day yet, are we? Okay, because that, like, like, for me, I'm like, I think that's a joke. Like, I don't even think that, like, that's just my opinion. I'm like, it's a fucking, it's a fucking joke. Like, I, I don't vote. But, um, but people that are, that recognize, like, no, like, it, we're not going to fix this with the people that are literally creating it and who have had a stronghold on it for, you know, as long as any of us have been alive, like, we have to actually step outside of it, like you were saying, like, boycotting it and build our own thing. And so this, I'm excited to go to that thing tomorrow night that you linked me with. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. The free yeah, himself, the, free yeah, himself. Yeah, 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 that, yeah with, with, like, counter-economics and just, like, meet mm-hmm. the community and learn what that's all about and just get connected with them because that was another reason for wanting to relocate out here is because I knew that there would be a little bit more like-minded people or, or at least easier to find um because yeah in in I'll, i mean i know they're in oregon but it's you know it's it's there it's spread out but there's it, there's definitely a good amount of people that seem like they're going to that so i'm excited about that for sure yeah it seems like they're full-blown doing it you know what i mean like like here yeah we i got introduced to the freedom cell movement from the portland freedom cell you know like i i we kind of 
I went up there with a couple people and we kind of saw what they were doing and it was just like, holy crap, man, this is amazing. Actually, it was Adam from Dever Gets Red Pill that invited me up initially. Yeah. And he's like, dude, and this was like mid-2020, you know what I mean? And we went up there and it was just like so powerful. I'm like, holy shit. So we came down and started one down here and it got so much momentum and that's how that, that whole festival was born out of, out of all that. And like, but you know what I mean? And, but then it just like, I just got, you know, there was this weird thing happened where it just like, I felt like people just weren't willing to like just show up and, and, and put in some effort. You know what I mean? It just kind of dissolved. I got super blackpilled on the whole thing. I'm just like, whatever. So that, that's a big part of my move as well. Like going out somewhere where they're actually already like kicking ass and doing like meetups and freaking like doing skill building, and like building that, the whole thing. So yeah, I feel you with that, man. So one of the things I want to, you guys, are you guys good to go for a little bit longer? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So one of the things I want to bring it back, I want to bring it back to like, you know, the good stuff, because we can talk about all this madness all day long. But uh, I want to get back to the music piece, you know what I mean? Um, so both of you guys have what I would characterize as, as like, you know, there's a lot of truth to both of your styles of music, but it's different. It's different. Like, uh, you know, Casey, you're always like, you know, you're, you're very much like into truth, truth, but also like very spiritual, like elevated, higher conscious type stuff. You know what I mean? I love that. And Tess... Your, your, your music is like, you know, it's born out of so much of like, you know, the pain and stuff that you've gone through, you know what I mean? Which is like real truth, like, like the raw truth, you know what I mean? And so I know that we've all been through a lot of trauma just through the pandemic and just like other stuff in our lives over the last couple of years. So what I want to know from each of you is like, how would you say the last couple of years has impacted your music the most? And where do you see, like, where are you at, like creatively as far as like, you know, coping with what's been going on? or channeling it and trying to like turn water into wine type of deal, like, like, like channeling it into something positive and, and helpful, cathartic. So Tess, why, why don't you start? Okay. Um, well, let's see. I mean, the first song that I put out, like once the whole shit started was literally called quarantine blues. And we shot, we actually shot this like, like low budget little music video down in, in LA in the same apartment where, a bunch of crazy shit went down same place i got arrested out of same place i got like had dude harassing me at like same place we had all these break-ins shootings like all this shit like we shot it in there because i was recording that song and i had somebody like above me because this this pandemic took like took a huge toll on everybody's mental health and like i understand that it, it might be sliding scale for for different people or whatever but um from what I've seen, I mean, I've had a lot of friends that are, that are no longer here. They're dead. Um, and it's not because they got COVID it's because they overdosed on drugs, mm -hmm. you know, cause they were trying to cope or somebody got killed or someone committed suicide. Like that is a real thing. Like I've lost four people in the last four months. Like I had a friend die when I was driving out here. Like that was like that. Yeah. Last weekend. Yeah. So it, it keeps happening. But when I was recording uh, quarantine blues, uh, that was when like all of uh, like the area of LA that I was in was on like a stay at home order. Did I stay at home? No, but like, I still had to do my music in there. Right. But everybody else was in there and it was making people fucking crazy, like absolutely crazy. And I had a dude that lived above me that was very angry that I was recording music in there. So there was some problems. So I'd be recording in my little studio or whatever um, and I'd have like one headphone off and I'd have like some knives in my hands or whatever, just cause I was like, if that motherfucker comes through the door, like, you know, these are going in his neck, but like, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I gotta do this song. Like, so it's been like, 
it's there have been challenges because like I've moved a bunch. Um, I've lost housing. So I've like dealt with some homelessness during the pandemic. So like that does not stop songwriting for me whatsoever. If anything, that'll kind of speed it up. But as far as like getting the chance to actually fully record it and get it like mixed and mastered and then get some visuals and put it out in some ways I've had some roadblocks, but overall, like right now I'm working on an album, um, but I can't stop writing other songs either. So there's going to be more singles that are going to just keep coming out until that comes out. But it's, it did change um, my artistry and I'm trying to think of when that happened. There were two things that happened. Um, I hit a point last summer where I was kind of looking around the, the scene that I was in and then looking around at, you know, what's going on in the world. And I'm just kind of like, why the fuck is no one talking about this shit? And why is it, why? Cause we're artists. Like we have the ability to get that out there and to like influence culture and to, you know, like you look at the music that was in the sixties and shit, like that had a huge influence on like how the fucking war ending, you know, supposedly who knows, you know, but that was a big deal. And I'm like, why the fuck are we all making music? Like this is not happening. So that kind of made me turn a little bit in a, in a different direction. Like as far as like, all right, I'm going to be way more intentional on like focusing on certain topics. Um, and then when, uh, my former fiance passed away in October. Um, that, that was like one of the hardest, that was the hardest death I've ever been through in my life. And like, I've had a lot of people close to me die, but I spent half my life with him. So I'm actually wearing his bracelet right now. Um, he's the one that introduced me to Alex Jones when we were kids. So yeah, yeah. We were together since I was 14. Um, so when he passed away, um, that is when like stuff really changed. Um, cause it was, it was kind of, it's just been, it's so easy to get, get caught up in the spin of everything that's going on. And that just, I just remember there being like a three month period. Like I barely remember it, but like my body was here, but my mind in my mind, I was like in like a different world and I'm just like, okay. Like it took me all the way back to when I first actually started making music, which is when I kicked heroin. Cause I didn't even know I could sing like what he's talking about. There's some artists that never try. I was that artist until I got, you know, into my early twenties and got sober and I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. And, um, I, it's like, all right, dude, why the fuck am I really here? And why am I really making music? And I got really, really clear on that. And it's like, okay, this is the way the world is. This is the type of role and effect I want to have in it and like how I want to help. So I am just going to like strategically aim everything at this particular goal. And like, you know, there are many different things I want to cover, but that made me get kind of a lot more serious about it. And also just the understanding that we don't know how much longer we're going to have this you know, 3D matrix world going on for like, we don't know if there's going to be a collapse to the degree where like there aren't shows anymore. And like, there isn't, you know, self or no one's streaming. Like they, I have no idea. We could be full Mad Max in 18 months, or it could just be some like weird dystopian shit. I have no idea, but it's like, you know, the first thing I did when I got here, besides like unpack my stuff was like, I opened up my notebook, started writing new stuff. So to me, it's, it's kind of been both. Like I've had a lot of life hurdles that have made releases slower, 
Um, but as far as like content and just my evolution as an artist and my intention with music that has evolved so much faster than if it wasn't, I think in these conditions, if that answers the question, I know that was kind of all over the place. No, that's powerful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's uh, really intense stuff. And I think, you know, just reminds me of the fact that I don't think like if, if there wasn't darkness and pain and suffering and, 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 and evil in the world, I don't think there'd be good art. You know what I mean? Like what would we make, what would compel us to make art if everything was just perfect? If that didn't exist, you know, it's like born out of all the suffering that sometimes the most hilarious things and some of the most creative things and just like awe inspiring things are what happened out of, uh, you know, pain and suffering. So maybe this last couple of years have been the perfect, uh, recipe for this new renaissance that's just around the corner i feel it man like there's this human this renaissance that humanity is just desperate for you know it's like all the artists and the creatives that are going to be on the forefront of that man i feel like we're ready for it and it's happening i mean it's happening i see it happening like things are funnier these days you know what i mean (laughs) things are like like it's just like you have to laugh at it you have to it's powerful stuff well tess yeah thank you thank you for sharing that and i mean uh yeah I have, I have hope, though. It's all good, though. It's all good. It's going to be all good. Uh, Casey, how about you, man? Like, wh- Yeah. I've just been, man, I've just been trying to think about how to, how to sum up the last two years uh, in music because so much has happened. But um, so, like, I'm just kind of starting to release some of the stuff that I wrote after the pandemic happened. Like, usually musicians, you're like, you're behind on your releases. Like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to release this project as I'm already working on the next project. So like, you know, people go and they listen to my songs. They're probably not going to hear me referencing things in the last two years, unless they listen to like some of my like very recent releases, but, um, man, so how can I phrase this? So like, I've always, I've always tried to put some like, some deep ideas and concepts into my songs. You know, I've always tried to like line them with, with wisdom and um, you know, to, to not be afraid to dive into some of these like more complex ideas through music and to not just make music about some of the subjects that are like really easy to write songs about, you know, like your, your typical love song or your typical, you know, party song, you know, but like really, um, trying to write songs about things that other people aren't writing about and, and also like reveal parts of myself that people don't typically reveal in their music, um, particularly with hip hop, you know, there's a very like narcissistic egocentric attitude that comes with most rap music where it's like, you, you can do nothing wrong. Like you're the shit, like, you know, you're just the best at everything, you know, and like trying to bring some level of confidence, like we talked about earlier, but also to like be real with people, to be vulnerable, you know, to be open about, about the darkness that we all experience. Um, so, you know, specifically in terms of like, what types of messages am I trying to infuse into my songs now, uh, you know, over the last two years that I wasn't before. Um, so like I, I realized pretty early on in the pandemic that like, um, I was going to be able to navigate these waters, uh, more, effectively you know more great uh, more gracefully than people that were 
just getting red pilled for the first time, people that were just waking up. Um, I, you know, got pretty into uh, researching conspiracies in, in all different realms, uh, you know, about a decade ago. So when COVID started, it, you know, it all clicked, you know, I, I knew what was going on, you know, as soon as I could tell that the numbers weren't what, what they told us, um, I, I realized, you know, that it, it, it fit right into all these things that I had been researching for the last 10 years. And I think having that perspective allowed me to, um, work some of these ideas into my music in a way that not only like, honors the research and the knowledge and the truth that has been uncovered, but also like doesn't necessarily alienate people that are just getting turned on to it. Um, it's, it's one of the reasons that I'm not like making posts every day talking about the sheeple, you know, t- telling people like, why the hell are you still wearing your mask is cause like, I'm trying to take a more nuanced approach with this where I don't scare people away. And, um, I've tried, you know, I've, I've tried putting some stuff out there on, on Instagram and stuff and it, it's not effective. Uh, if anything, it just, it leads to what we were talking about before, you know, long debates with people in your DMS. And it's just not really the way that I'm trying to wake people up. Um, I, I accept the fact that some people may not want to listen to my music if they think that I entertain certain ideas, but I think for the most part, people are pretty cool listening to art, listening to music from people that they don't agree with. Like, I I think we can all name a bunch of artists and musicians that we might label crazy or, um, you know, we, we wouldn't necessarily label them as somebody that we agree with, but we appreciate the art that they're creating. I think that's a really important thing to remember as an artist creating music about your crazy ideas in a time when a lot of people may not agree with them because like you've still got a window, you've still got an opportunity to reach these people. And if you can create your art in a way that doesn't scare them away, that doesn't alienate them, but you know, seeds these ideas um, and, and causes them to have that inner dialogue, causes them to maybe ask some more questions, you know, potentially go look, look into some things. That's all I'm trying to do. I, I just, you know, want people to open their minds to new possibilities, you know, to be curious, um, to uh, have the desire to look into things that maybe they didn't before. And, and if I can like spark that through my music, then to me, that's like the greatest thing ever. So I would say that's maybe kind of, you know, how my approach has changed a little bit. And obviously I'm infusing some of these things into my music, into my lyrics. Um, but the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick um, is just like, realizing the importance of community and realizing like how essential the community is and like how um like there's certain things that like you can't buy your way out of like like there there are scenarios that could play out where it's not going to matter who has money like it's just not going to matter it's going to be about who you know it's going to be about who's willing to give you a place to sleep it's going to be about who's willing to give you some food Um, you know, as an artist, it's a lot of times like who's willing to like come to your shows, like listen to your music, like, you know, on a very like base level, uh, community is important for creative types, uh, for a lot of different reasons, but just even more generally, uh, the direction things are headed, I think, um, 
just one of the reasons you see people like forming these communities, not just in the art scene, but like the freedom cells, like, you know, a lot of people are living in a more communal way now where they're growing food, um, you know, working on the land with other people. So I would say that was kind of like a realization I had somewhere in the two year period. And, and also why I've been putting so much effort into creating events places for people to gather, particularly ones that aren't pushing mandates um, to not only give people like myself and, and you guys a place to gather where we don't have to abide by these mandates, which we hate so much, but also to give people that maybe haven't been to a, an unmasked event or haven't been to an event and their papers to do so you know to kind of like open the door and be like hey we're over here like if if you'd like to see what it's like to hang out with all the dissidents like come you know come say what's up so that has been a huge focus of mine is like creating events getting people together and it always kind of has but i think recently i've i've realized the importance of it on a new level um so really trying to split my time between like creating new stuff, finishing the stuff that I need to finish and also creating opportunities for people to get together. Cause I think that, uh, the community is really what's going to get us through what, whatever may come, um, you know, whatever we might be up against in the future, we're going to be turning to each other, uh, to get through it. No one's getting through this by themselves. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess, kind of like my two years musical journey in a nutshell, um, unless there's anything you want me to elaborate on. Well, yeah, there is, there is. And uh, so, but I wanted to comment on the fact that like, you know, you were talking about earlier on, uh, you know, just the idea of like, you know, as artists, as creative people, you know, having something that's unique, you know, something that people can resonate with, but also stands out from everything. Because there's, there's a million podcasts and there's a million hip hop artists, but like what makes our particular flavor unique and stands out from everything else. And I think one of the things that I see from both of you guys for sure is that you bring, uh, you know, a level of like authenticity because you're incorporating so much of like your real experience into it. And I think in this day and age, in this world that we're living in where everything, everything is fake, everything is a mm-hmm. deception, every, like everything that's like pushed out in like the media, it's, it's all fake, dude. Like all the Hollywood shit, all like the, 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 the mainstream music stuff, the news, like everything is fake. You know what I mean? So like authenticity is like almost like a currency and people resonate with it. Like, like the higher value, uh, like, like the higher value art is, is born out of like, like, you know, authenticity, you know what I mean? And so like that, that is it right yeah. there. So if you just bring your authentic self and that's the best thing about it is that you don't even, it's effortless. You just show up and be yourself. And sometimes <laughs> that's the struggle is just finding who you really are and like being confident in that and bringing that to your art. You know what I mean? And so literally all we have to do is be ourselves and, and, and that's what, that's what people want more than anything. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the beauty of it, man. But yeah, people, people are starved for that. Absolutely starved for that hundred percent. And it's interesting that kind of reaction that when you put that out there, Yeah. am I echoing right now? Uh, let's see. No, just I'm, started. I mean, maybe a little bit. That's all right. I'm getting myself now too. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> Yeah, right. I can hear myself talking. I don't know what that is. Okay, You're better now. It's, it's uh, fine. It's fine. Um, okay, so, yeah, but people are really, really starved for that. And, like, I think when you do it as an artist and put yourself out there, and I've seen this happen before, too, it, like, kind of 
to the people that want to do it, but maybe they feel like they can't like kind of what you were saying. Cause we both, you know, are in the hip hop lane. So like sometimes people think, Oh, I just need to stay in this lane or what are people going to think? But I think overall in our culture, like vulnerability and raw authenticity are not things that are celebrated. Like, it's like, no, you act like this and do this and say this. And you know, it, and it is fucking fake. So when you do that, you, you end up giving other people, like, not only do they get to realize like, holy shit, I'm not the only one who feels this way, but it gives them permission to go and to do that if they felt like they couldn't, you know, on their own. And I've seen that shit happen. So I, I think that it has the power to heal. And that's kind of usually my, one of my biggest intentions whenever I'm creating something is, is like, you know, like to be able to help somebody else with whatever experience I'm sharing or message that I'm speaking on. And I have seen it work in like incredible ways. And then you also will get like pushback if you, you know, like push things too far and people are, you know, there's gatekeepers in like every genre. And if somebody, you know, I've seen people freak out when I've re- ha- like released a song and like act like I burned their house down. And then I've seen people have the polar opposite reaction where they're like, Oh my God, I love this. I've never heard anything like it. So it's, it's very interesting yeah. again, but the, with the human like collective psyche temperature or whatever, but it's, it's interesting just to see people's reactions to that kind of stuff. Cause there is like in the mainstream, such an aversion to like any topic that's too deep. Like no one wants to be too emotional or too, like everybody just kind of wants to be like happy party, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's, it's interesting when, I mean, I'm an artist who's like, that's, I don't make party music. Um, so, so it's, you know, pushing that envelope is, uh, it's, it's an interesting trip. Hey, so I, I think I might've figured out a way to do both Mm. to, to, to talk about the, the real deep shit, but to make it like, like, uh, applicable or, you know, appealing to people that, uh, are just looking for more kind of like surface level stuff and it's mm-hmm. it's through humor mm-hmm. so i i might not seem like uh like a funny rapper but i have tons of like little bits of humor in my lyrics and a lot of times they're flying by so quickly that you know you can't catch them but i've noticed that when writing about super controversial shit if i can put a little seed of humor into that it goes over way better. Um, and I don't know exactly, like I could give you like, uh, like an example, but, um, it's just this idea that if, if you can kind of like wrap it in, you know, uh, wrap it in a nice little package with these like funny elements, it's a lot harder for people to dismiss it because you're not taking yourself seriously in the sense that you're, uh, you're injecting humor into this. And, you know, some people could hear that and they could be like, oh, that's not cool. Like, how dare you joke around about this, this serious shit. But um, laughter is medicine. And and I, I'm not expecting all of my lungs to make people laugh out loud, but by infusing them with these little humorous elements, I think it it makes it seem less threatening. It makes it seem less like, alienating it doesn't scare people away as much so um 
that's just, you know, something that I've, I've kind of picked up on. And, and I know that it's not something every artist is trying to put in their music. And, you know, you can, you can add humorous elements into your lyrics without making the whole song funny, you know, like it, it could still be a serious song, but just in the way that you word things, you can kind of use some wordplay um, to, to bring in some humor. So like, um, I don't, I don't want to do the whole, the whole verse because it's not released yet, but I just did a song with my buddy, um, hieroglyphs and it's it's called gates and it's he wrote a verse about bill gates and he asked me if i wanted to tack one onto it um so i wrote a verse that was just kind of like more about covid in general um and it, it starts off the very beginning of the song i'm like i'm basically i'm pretending to be like the experts so like i'm like the experts and like the song starts off and it's like 15 days to flatten the curve listen to the experts we're doing all the work virology is too complex for you to learn we're making a vaccine and you just have to wait your turn don't kill grandma hide inside your homes stay away from others you'll be better off alone we made a contract tracing app to download on your phone and all your future plans have been postponed that's how the songs thank you thank you so that's how the song starts off and then it opens up into me just going off and like but i've got these funny lines throughout the song and even though it's like a brutal takedown of like big pharma of you know these figureheads like like fauci and gates because of the fact that i have all this humor throughout the song it's like like I said, it's less threatening. It's less like something that's going to scare people away. Um, so I don't know if it's working, but this is just something that I've kind of started to observe where it's like the more controversial and crazy and weird and extreme that you're going with your messaging, the more that you need to kind of infuse that with something else. So you don't lose people. Um, and you know, maybe it's okay to lose some people, you know, not, not everyone's going to get it. Not everyone. It's not for everyone. I'm not, I'm not making music for everyone. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to chime in with that because I agree. It's like, we are kind of treading this line between trying to be real, um, and authentic, but to also like be appealing to, to a a big enough group of people that we could actually do this and, and like pay our, our bills um you know no matter how underground or, or fringe that you know our sound may be we still want it to be popular on some level i think every artist desires that um and so yeah i just wanted to comment on that humor is awesome uh if if you can infuse it into the into the music absolutely man that's you ever heard really of, fucking helpful thank you have you ever heard For of sure. uh, have you ever heard of the jester's privilege you ever heard of that concept no. no. So this is Tell me about someone else talking about. So this is like you think back to like the medieval times or like the the characterized version of medieval times where you have like the court jester, right? And the king and then all the the you know during they'd have like some festival or feast and then like for their entertainment, they would bring in the court jester who would be like a clown or somebody and their job was to like mock the king, right? And so the idea mm. of jester's privilege is the fact that when you're presenting information or some sort of narrative in a comedic way, you can get away with a lot. You know what I mean? Like you can make, like nobody's allowed to make fun of the king, but the jester comes in and he is allowed to like, actually it's his job to make fun of the king. You know what I mean? For yeah. everybody's entertainment. So it's like, they have like this privilege where when you're packaging your information in a comedic, uh, like, like you're serving it up comedically, it gives you a little more latitude to kind of push past normally what you're able to push past for. So 
There you go. Except in this day that's, and age, they just want to cancel you over it. everything. But I know. <laughs> but I like right. that though. I like that. I'm gonna use that. I I did do that in one of my songs called Wasteland, but I was still pretty aggressive. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so so I'll I'll do a little bit more on like you know just a little bit off the uh, off the off the rage gas and a little a little bit more on the humor. I'm gonna try that. That'll be that's really really helpful. Thank you. Heck yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, every artist is coming at it from a different direction. Some artists have zero humor in their songs and I love them, you know, so it's like, it's not something for everyone, but it's, it's just worth, just worth mentioning, you know, because we are kind of like walking on thin ice sometimes. Um, and, you know, the, the greatest compliment, you know, you could really receive as an artist is somebody telling you like, Hey, I don't really agree with what you're saying in your song, but I, I like your sound. I like your music um, because we don't want everyone to agree with us. The world would suck if everyone agreed. Like we, we need this diversity of opinion, you know, this diversity of, of reality and, and vision, you know, in this human experience. So like, like we shouldn't be trying to make music that people agree with. We should be trying to make music that people want to listen to and that they can re relate to in some way. But it's almost like you just accept that people aren't going to agree with you. That's just part of the game. Um, and it's not a necessity, which is a cool thing, but it's like now we're, we're, we're in these deep, deep waters where we're dealing with subjects that a lot of musicians won't touch. So it's like, how do you do that? Um, and that's kind of what I'm trying to help people out with. Cause I was a little scared at first too. I'm not going to lie, like putting some of these ideas into my music and then, and then you do it and then you do it again and then you perform it and you play it for people and you're like, Oh, people don't hate me. People aren't like my friends still want to hang out. Like people are still coming to my shows. All right, cool. Let's do some more, you know? So, um, yeah, it's like anything else, you know, it's, it's, it's scary in, until you do it and, and you're going to lose some people along the way, but mm -hmm. that's fine. It's all right. We're used to that. So Casey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, at this point, Casey, so like what you were talking about earlier, the last thing I did want to ask you about is, uh, and I don't know if this is something you wanted to talk about, but you were working on a separate project. Are you still working on that or? It's honestly, man, it's kind of on the back burner okay, right okay. now. Um, I mean, I'm happy to mention it. Sure. So uh, my friend, it, it's actually his, his idea. I just kind of asked him if I could work on it with him, but he's got some other stuff, a big project right now that he's working on. And also it's uh, the necessity of this project is, is not necessarily the same now, but the idea is to create a network of uh, venues all across the country, across the nation that aren't enforcing mandates. Um, and then artists who are looking to play at those venues, um, including, you know, musicians or comedians, um, but to kind of create like an underground railroad of different event spaces, um, that could host events, gatherings, meetups, and artists who would be able to play there. Um, and you know, we, we feel like there at this point, it's not necessarily worth us spending a lot of our time and energy creating this network uh, just based on what's been happening in the music scene over the last few months. Um, like I said, things have been opening up. The masks are coming off. The, uh, the vaccine uh, passports are not really being enforced the way that we thought they would be. So like, you know, it, it's looking decent and it, it just to us it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be putting a ton of time and energy into creating this network um that 
at the current moment doesn't doesn't seem to be as necessary in most places i mean we're in one of the the more places uh here on the west coast and and even here I, i wouldn't say it's really necessary to have something like it at this point however um you know we are still like i i saw him today like you know we're we're together all the time um so it's definitely something we're still talking about we do have a desire to keep it going. But, um, in terms of new developments, I don't have a whole lot to announce there, but we do have a website blacklist.network. If people want to check out the little write up that we did, um, and you know, just drop your emails so that way you can get notified once we do get the ball rolling again. And I think I said it last time, but like, I really hope that this this isn't a thing that we need to do but you better believe that if if they do try to bring back um some of the stuff that they've been pushing over the last year that we're going to be on it and you know we've already got quite a few connections so it's just you know it's a matter of like doing it when the time is really right um so yeah that's kind of where we're at and and if it was all my thing i think i would be able to do a little bit more with it but since it was like my buddy's idea and you know his his brainchild um i i don't feel comfortable you know carrying the torch myself so i'm just kind of waiting until either you know he has more time we have more time for it or uh it's it's more of a necessity based on the current mandates being enforced cool man yeah i think it's a great idea and i think also and i've kind of been talking about this a lot too is like you know i think part of what we're seeing right now is like yes they're they're lightening things up. You know, I've been describing it as like the ratchet effect. You know how a ratchet, you go, it tightens down and then it goes click, 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 backs on yeah. it up and then yeah. tightens it down even more. So I think we're on the ratcheting part where it's going click, 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 going back and loosening up, <laughs> but yeah. in anticipation of something. So, and part of that is like them, you know, lulling us back to sleep and we all go back to our lives. And it's like, oh, COVID was just a bad dream. You know what I mean? And we, and then during this time, we don't form any opposition to what's coming. And we don't, like all these networks that we build, like they're anticipating us kind of just like, oh yeah, just kind of just going back to what we were doing. So I think that's a big part of it too. You know what I mean? So it's like kind of that balance between, you know, how much do we prepare right now versus, you know, just, yeah, just, yeah, it's all good for now. So that's not a criticism or a critique at all. It's like, I'm going through the exact same thing. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. You know, it'd be nice. Like I, <laughs> I was talking to somebody this last week and they're like, I'm just going to enjoy this break. I'm just going to take a, take a, take a vacation from all the tyranny while I can enjoy it while I can. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get that. I totally get that too. Like, let's just gather our resources, regroup, kind of go inside and just kind of just whew, refocus and rededicate ourselves to what it is we're working on. And I think you just nailed it on the head though, even beyond any of that, just like, focusing on building community and just like mm-hmm. getting to know the folks that we can interact with, you know, and just every day, like try to do something, something, you know, in that regard. So yeah, man, it's crazy. Shoot, and guys. If people, if people like that idea and they want to get in touch, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, to, you know, help field, field info, let people know more about it. And, um, you know, I, I also want to like go travel to other places and play shows at, venue so like if you know of a venue that's kind of on on board with this sort of thing um or should i say not on board with Mm -hmm. with the the popular thing um Mm -hmm. 
let me know um because like even though it's not like my creation I'm, I'm still a big part of it um and you know we we will continue developing it slowly but surely so don't hesitate to reach out if you like the sound of that um or just in general if people want to get in touch with me perfect yeah and just in the interest of uh you know kind of at least not not just let it all go away like yeah you guys well maybe this website isn't fully up to date or fully you know fully running right now but blacklist.network go go register go just drop your email address that way you can be in the loop so i'm um, gonna do that i think i did i think i did i'll double check i'll double check blacklist.network yeah so right on guys well i want to give you guys plenty of time to like plug all your stuff and tell the listeners where to go but do you guys have any final thoughts or anything any words of encouragement i mean yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it sounds like we're all kind of like in the same lane and on the same page with everything that's going on. So I guess to be continued on my end, awesome. I don't have anything else to add, but yeah, just love, love yourself, love yeah. others. The, there's always a silver lining. Uh, you know, there's the, the, the shittiest shit, the, the darkest times often have the greatest rewards on the other side, you just don't realize it at, at, at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely very been, true. been proven to me over and over and over on this journey. It's just like, just when you think it's all hopeless, well, that's just a door that's just waiting for you to, to walk through. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so true. So silver linings all over the place, guys. I feel it. I feel it for all of us, man, for sure. <laughs> all right. So where can the listeners and the viewers go find your guys' stuff? Casey, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, you can find my music uh, wherever you like to stream your music. So Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, YouTube. Uh, Rhyme Wave is the name. If you don't see it in the show title, R-H-Y-M-E-W-A-V-E. I've got a Patreon where I put out exclusive music. Uh, I think I got four songs on there right now that you can't find anywhere else. Uh, I play shows fairly regularly in the Portland area. So if you're located in Oregon or uh, Washington, um, find me on Instagram at Rhyme Wave Hip Hop. And I'm always posting about my shows. Um, and you can find me on a bunch of other podcasts. If you liked this podcast, which I'm sure you will, because rebunked is the shit and these guys are amazing so uh yeah if you go to my instagram i've got a link tree with like all my links like every collaboration that i've done every podcast that i've been on every live stream i've done i've got a new song coming out soon with a music video and i'm really excited about that probably in the next month um and i just dropped a song a couple months ago and lots of collaboration tracks. I'm like working on a mixtape with a buddy. I just, uh, you know, sold some verses to some people that they're putting out on their projects. So like, yeah, lots of music on the way, uh, lots of shows coming up, stuff I'm really excited about. And, uh, yeah, the best thing people can do to support me is just go listen to my music and share it. If you like it, uh, I don't, I don't even, you know, I'm not asking for any, any money. Just, just go check out my music, listen to it, share it with your friends. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. That's awesome. I love your stuff. And, uh, so much Thank so you, that man. like you said in the beginning, like that's the theme song of the show. <laughs> so this, the song yeah. on this show, if you guys like the theme song of this show, it's called now arise by rhyme, yeah. dude. And, uh, so far I've only done the instrumental version. I was going to do some sort of something. Maybe we'll have to talk about you doing like a, like a, some sort of like with some like, you know, vinyl skips or whatever you call those like some some sort of like mix you know like sam tripoli's intro 
yeah, I something kn- like that. Dude. I know, I know a guy that could do that. I can't do the scratching uh, myself. I mean, I, I probably could figure it out. I don't currently know how. Okay. Um, so but I did my best yes, with it. I, just I like made that like idea. A, I just made like an instrumental with what you gave me, and I'm just like, so I just ran with it. I meant to like get some of your lyrics in there, you know what I mean? But I just, I haven't been able to figure out that part yet to make it like go in the way I visualize. So if we'll figure something out, but dude, I just want to say thank you. Cause like, it's a banger, such a killer song. And, and uh, I've been, I've been getting lots of compliments about thank it. Like, dude, I love your intro. So I'm like, yeah, dude, right. No away, now rise. There you nice. go. So dude, thank you. Thank you for, for choosing that song. And like, yeah. I've listened to pretty much every episode and it's like, I always forget. And then I like hit play on the episode. And I'm like, Oh yeah, shit. That's right. And it's, yeah, dude, it's super exciting to, cool. to have, you know, one of my, songs every time i listen so and like feel free if you're ever like not feeling it or whatever like dude no, no it's, worries it's, like it's, i it's i actually made it i made a theme song for alex stein and he used uh, it for like a week and then he had a new one and i was like i was kind of bummed i was like ah oh, damn like he stopped no using it but then i'm like dude this guy's so like all over the place like i'm yeah. sure he'll have another new theme song in another week exactly uh but no, yeah dude, it's, it's, locked in. it's part of the brand it's part of the brand it's part of the image it's not going anywhere. fuck yeah yeah i love it <laughs> if, I love if it. anything we're only going to improve upon it so let's do it not, not that, not that it. it needs improving that's not my man but it's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah like to, yeah I, I know what you're getting at okay. for sure all right brother well thank you so much Tess, thank you man find you well, my thing is going to sound a whole hell of a lot like his. So, yes, um, my music is out on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, iTunes, YouTube. Got a lot of music videos on YouTube. Um, some of them I've had to age restrict to deal with censorship um, and not for any reasons that make any sense, but it's let them stay up there. So everywhere you can stream music, you can find my music. Um, my full discography, though, is only on Bandcamp. Um but then everything else is everywhere. And then my website is, oh, my artist name is Testimona. And if, uh, I'm sure it'll probably be in the description, but if yep. you're not able to read it or look it up, it's spelled T-E-S-S-T-A-M-O-N-A. And you can also go to testimona.com. That's got uh, the blog, The Great Silencing, if you want to check out some of my reading, which is definitely more like along the lines of what we've talked about in this podcast. Um, you can check out that Instagram channel as well at the great silencing. And then you can find my music channel on Instagram at testimona. And there's a link tree there as well to all the channels, music videos, um, all the telegrams, blog, writing, merch, everything. And then as far as shows, like I just got out here to the South. And so I'm just going to be hitting as many as I possibly can. So I am in the Nashville, Tennessee area, and I will be all over the place. So, and I got an album in the works, but I'm not going to say a whole lot about it yet. Cool, it's not in that stage yet, but it is coming. So, so awesome, man! You guys are inspiring, and I just freaking love what you're doing. So, just please don't ever stop. Just keep keep cranking it out, man. I mean, the world needs you guys right now. So, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for coming on and joining me today. This was so much fun catching up yeah, with all friends. Thank you. So, thank all right. You. All right, guys. Hey, well, yeah. Uh, once once y'all get set up out there too, let's uh, let's talk. I'd love to come out and do a show. Dude, once so you, know, you, get, yeah. you get some connections in town, I could maybe try to do some other stuff in the area. Um, and if nothing else, let's let's collaborate on a track. Uh, I checked your stuff out and and I was really feeling it. So that'd be cool to get down on a track. That'd be cool to meet up and do a show out there once you guys get set up. And uh, and I promise I will not stop making the music. Please don't. As long as yes. as long as you don't stop podcasting. No way. Dude. Stop <laughs> me. Like, we ran right. some roadblocks there, but we're right back in it, baby. 
So there we oh, go. Oh, yeah. All right. Awesome. I'm on board for all of that. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Heck yeah. All right, right guys. On. Well, thank you so much. Catch you soon. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Much love. Soon. Much love.